0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discount not available in all or situations.
1: Okay, here we go. Now put it in reverse. Got it. Now forward. Okay. Reverse. Now turn the wheel. All right. Turn the wheel. No,
0: reverse. Left reverse. Right. Slow the right. out. No, kill it. Kill it. Kill the owner. There's a reason they say curse like a sailor. I said reverse. Many reasons. Progressive's boat insurance has you covered. Quote today at Progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates.
1: Well, we're f- now.
2: Welcome to the NBA Front Office Show. I'm your host, Keith Smith. We are brought to you by the almighty baller podcast network i'm joined this week we're back together we're full team back together i'm joined with pete toll pete how are you this morning
1: doing great keith early but i'm, I'm here
2: <laughs> it is early and con RL is back our producer he's here as well con how are you doing this morning i'm doing
3: well Just a bit bit earlier than normal for a Sunday. (laughs) It (laughs) is.
2: for for everybody who knows, if we seem a little punchy, it's uh, 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday. So um, we we took a little bit of a break because of the NCAA tournament. I don't know how much of that you guys have been catching. I've been watching quite a bit of it. And it's it's a lot of fun when you don't have any real rooting interest. Like I just root for chaos. And I think we got that. Oh, uh, yeah umbc beating virginia that was a lot of fun um to see that one happen plus I, I have two golden retrievers so when retriever pictures started popping up all over twitter i was all about it so nice. you guys been watching some what about you pete
1: uh i have uh duke is still in it so we'll see how long that lasts uh, for yep. me but you know anything can happen
2: yeah my lone rooting interest was out early on friday uh providence college ed cooley was one of my high school teachers and coaches um back in the day so i am a big fan of him and i always root for them i root for uri too i always pull for the new england schools so connie have you been watching quite a bit yeah
3: my uh hometown ramblers loyola uh they're they're, they're killing it so that's kind of i kind of have a little bit of rooting interest here but it's been a wild tournament so far i'm excited to see um if, it, if this continues
2: yeah it has been yeah it'll be it's it's kind of funny i I always say as someone who doesn't watch a lot of college basketball anymore, I want chaos in those opening couple of rounds. Then I want it to settle in to see the NBA guys when the games matter more. Uh, but you know if guys are out guys are out they they don't deserve to be there if they can't win so all right. well that concludes our college talk here on the uh, NBA front office show we are going to get into a couple different things we're going to catch up on all of the latest signings and news and all of that and then in the second half of the show we're going to start our free agency previews where we will start with breaking down the point guard position and we'll explain how we broke this down and hopefully uh, we had some difference we're not exactly starting off with a bang point guard free agency class not really loaded this summer but we'll uh get into that and have some fun but let's start with some news so so since it's been a while since we recorded about 10 days or so i believe right after we recorded news broke that the minnesota timberwolves were signing derrick rose to a remainder of the season contract that one went back and forth it was initially reported when he was bought out by the jazz then the The Wolves owner, of all people, came out and said, no, we're not signing him. And then they ended up doing it. So kind of interesting to see him land in Minnesota. Con, I'm going to go to you first because I know you watched him when he was with the Bulls. Does he have anything left to bring the Timberwolves? Uh, I think think he has
3: a little bit left. I just don't see uh, him and uh, Jamal Crawford coming off the bench being – very effective, especially on the defensive end, and it's about who he's taking minutes from. And I think their lack of shooting already kind of makes it so he can't be as effective as he can. And I mean, like I said, Jamal Crawford is already a guy who needs the ball in his hands off the bench to score, and D Rose is more of a guy that you kind of need to let him go a little bit if you want to get something out of him. Um, let him kind of run the offense for the minutes he's out there. And I don't know if that's what Minnesota needs right now. So it was, it was interesting. Um, and I like the first game he played, I think against the, uh, I forgot. I think it was the Warriors, but he was like a minus 17 in like eight minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see where that one goes, but it, I there's, it's crazy that all these bulls people like the, the, the wolves are like bringing me back to, (laughs) to a few years back when, um, everyone was on the Bulls that they have now.
2: Yeah, right. Is there any doubt that if he shakes free joke him Noah would land there as well? I mean, it feels like that. that's just a lot. We
3: had a podcast um, <laughs> right after this, this news happened, and I was talking about how they should bring in Dang, they should bring in Noah, they should bring back Boozer <laughs> and, like, <laughs> oh, man. and Ronnie Brewer and all them.
2: And then the playoff drought would continue. <laughs> so... Pete, uh, what? So I was thinking. One thing about Rose is, I think Con hit the nail on the head. If you're going to play him, you have to let him have the ball right. a lot. But I know you're you're a Tyus Jones guy. Yes, um, is that is that like the downside to this? Is that Jones potentially loses minutes to Rose?
1: That's exactly what my point was going to be. It's Tyus Jones has played well all season. So how do you basically, you know, kind of knock him him back and you know hinder? his further development with the franchise to bring in Derrick Rose, who has not shot the ball well by any means um, this season. Now it's even worse shooting 31% from the floor with Minnesota. Now he hasn't played that many minutes per game. So Derrick Rose is kind of at the point now where, you know, he kind of has to get warmed up to, to kind of get heated up. And I just don't see it for this team, especially – um, when Jimmy Butler comes back I just don't see where Rose is going to be able to make any positive contribution to Minnesota um, you know for the playoffs so we'll we'll have to see what happens with Derek Rose right now it's basically I think a favor um, to Rose to maybe try to help him you know gain a team this summer but we'll see
2: yeah, and you know, I don't mind those kind of things as much, except for when it's a team that's trying to snap the one of the longest, if not the longest, playoff droughts in the, the NBA. Like, I, I just, I can't, I don't know, I, I'm not a big fan of that when it turns into those kind of things, and especially at the expense of a younger guy, who at this point, is, in my opinion, is just a better basketball player. So, but, but I know what you're saying. I'm, I'm in agreement with you.
1: Well, And you're messing with the chemistry because right now, the obviously we all know and, and everybody that's, that's listening to this knows that the West is so tight right now as far as, you know, wins and losses. I mean, today you could be Minnesota and be in sixth, and tomorrow you could be in ninth, you know, essentially, or at least eighth yeah
2: no for sure yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be hard to see where that goes one one way i could see him potentially being successful with the wolves would be if you played say him And this is assuming when butler gets back him butler wiggins Bielitza, and towns together and you could really spread the floor um and open things up but at that point any one of those guys you want the ball in their hands more than you want it in Rose's hands so it's just yeah I I don't I don't like this move at all I don't for whatever reason it was done it doesn't make make any sense to me it's not a it's not one that I think's gonna have any kind of good impact as the season goes along so all right we'll keep moving on here there was news um uh, recent, Well, his 10-day contract's actually coming to an end today. Uh, Rodney Purvis with the Orlando Magic. It sounds like he's likely to get a second 10-day with the Magic. He replaced Rashad Vaughn, who signed a second 10-day and then was injured. So the Magic waived him. Purvis has played mostly because not everyone else is hurt in Orlando along the wing rotation. So he has actually seen minutes in, I think, each game that he's been up with the magic he played really really well in lakeland really was filling it up for the lakeland magic in the g league it's just not a lot to say here he hasn't done much in the nba but just keep keep an eye on him. he's probably likely to get a second 10 day and continue to play minutes off the magic bench another 10 day coming to an end today is georges Papianis. Uh, from the portland Trail Blazers, but news broke last night that he's going to sign with the blazers for the rest of the season they're not even going to do a second 10 day for him just going to immediately re-up him to a uh, remainder of the season contract and they also converted the contract of one of their two-way players wade baldwin into a full nba contract and that sounds like it's a doesn't sound like it's it is a two-year deal so expected to be non-guaranteed or partially guaranteed for the second season let, let's uh, get into Papiannis first, and I'll go to you first, Khan. He's not going to play for the Blazers, but is this guy an NBA player?
3: Um, I mean, it's it's tough to say because the Kings just took him so high, higher than most. Well, I, did, I do want to ask, I guess— where do you think he should have gone, or where did you think he should have gone at the time, if you guys remember? Because thirteen was was really high, but I don't know how far he would have actually fallen. Um, late twenties? Yeah, well, was I he a first a, round pick? Yeah, yeah, I
2: thought he was going to be probably like an early twenties guy. Okay. Um, you know, anytime a, anytime it's a skilled pick, which is that's what he projected to be. Those guys are usually, you know, early 20s, but yeah, definitely going in the the late lottery like he did, that was definitely a shock to me. I'm not what about you, Pete?
1: I was I was going to say like mid 20s somewhere in there cuz that's usually where potentially if he didn't come right over, you could have stash him kind of thing, and that's kind of what I thought was going to happen, but um, you know, obviously it didn't cuz you know, he <laughs> Vladi <Yeah. laughs> had a thing for him, I guess.
2: Well, and I think the Kings almost looked at it as which is not the way to do it, but I feel like they mm-hmm. looked at it as, "Hey, we got our our win from this draft by getting uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich's rights because that was that same right. trade, right. and that's you know that, that's not exactly how you handle it, but um, yeah, I, I just I'm not sure this I'm not sure he's an NBA player. I'm not really sure what Portland sees unless Portland's idea is he's a little bit of a depth play if uh, Yusuf Nurkic leaves. In the offseason, if they can't get something worked out with him, he is a restricted free agent. I just, I don't know, maybe maybe he's shown a lot in practice and they want to keep working with him. Uh, They don't have their own G League team, so that's not an easy situation for them to handle. And the G League season's over in about a week for most of the teams anyway, so... I, I don't know. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me that they converted Wade Baldwin either. He didn't show anything with Memphis and had plenty of opportunity for a Memphis team that had nothing but injuries at the point guard position. So I'm not. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't like these moves. I, I guess it doesn't matter. They've what won a million straight games. Now it feels like anyway they're they're playing great basketball. So it's uh, you know, ironically these guys aren't going to play same Go draft
1: ahead. too like that both of them kind of flamed yeah. out as as well one lottery pick one right outside of the lottery and and with Papiannis, I think he improved as as you you know from when we first saw him to to now as far as being able to shoot a little bit more you know from from the floor but just his ability to rotate on defense and just kind of knowing where to be in the offensive end and kind of fitting in without the ball that's where He struggles the most, and basically it's a learning curve. And it's kind of like if you don't get it now, maybe it's time to go overseas, kind of build your momentum up over there, and then maybe come back on the NBA radar in like two, three years. You know, once you get a little bit more playing time and experience against upper echelon talent overseas. And then switching to Baldwin, I don't know. but You know, point guard is the, the hardest position, obviously, in the NBA to learn. But just on both ends of the floor, he looks lost. So I don't know, you know, a teammate, you know, Portland may say, all right, well, we'll keep you as a third-string guy going into next year, maybe. You know, but I don't count on Baldwin to be a long-term NBA prospect at the moment.
2: We're going to talk about this when we get into the free agent point guards because they do have Shabazz Napier, who's really kind of been their backup. He is a free agent this summer, so – That could be part of it. Maybe Baldwin is the in-house replacement already. And they've obviously done a good job developing uh, ball handlers. Obviously, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum, those guys are both you know all-star level guys and the napier has come along come a long way since getting to portland he actually looks like a you know quality rotation player now uh so maybe that's the idea is that's where they'll go with baldwin so the rest of the season though we're not going to see any impact from either one of these guys with the blazers and if they do that means portland's in trouble and and i looked it up while we were talking 12 straight wins they got the win last night over the pistons so they are uh they're starting to actually create a little bit of separation for the three seed. Um, they're, they're up two games now, and then a three and a half games on Utah. Who Utah won their ninth straight and is up all the way up to fifth in the West. So, and the West is an absolute bloodbath. It is uh, unbelievable. So, um, and that that does remind me, we are going to do prior to the playoffs. We are going to do. It's a bit of a departure for us, but we'll do a playoff preview. Um, we'll break down the matchups and pick our stuff because obviously once playoffs come around, things are kind of dead roster-wise, so not a lot happening at that point. So All right, continuing on down the news list. Derek Williams signed a 10-day contract with the LA Lakers. He's back to the NBA after being out. I believe he was in China um, earlier this season, so uh, another another guy to go over to China and probably put up monster stats and then come back to the nba but he hasn't done much with the lakers the lakers are playing pretty well and are sticking with mostly their their kind of more core-ish guys i guess you could call it and uh, williams hasn't gotten much of a chance don't expect them to play all that much then the milwaukee bucks had a couple interesting transactions we saw them wave mirza to which was a bit of a surprise, and they did that to bring Brandon Jennings in on a 10-day contract. Jennings coming in to give him a little bit of point guard depth behind Eric Bledsoe because Malcolm Brogdon and uh, Matthew Vadova are both still out. That really leaves a backup point guard minutes to Jason Terry, which that's not what he is at this point he's just strictly a shooter from the wing but still getting it done um in that role and then then you've it's, it's got Xavier Munford who's a two-way guy but he he hasn't shown enough to really be in there for a team that's in fighting for playoff seating so now you've got Brandon Jennings in first game back in the NBA almost puts up a triple double and then completely goes missing in his second game is like a blown out in Orlando um but Toledovich It sounds like the Bucs may still choose to pursue the medical retirement route with him, and this question's come up quite a bit, is two things on it. Because he played in 10 games this season, you have to wait a full year from his last game that he played. Otherwise, you could do it immediately if he played in less than that. So that's the, the one sticking point. So they've got to wait until November 7th of next year and then the other part of it is you can do it after you waive a guy there is precedence for that um he's so they can still go it's about 10.5 million that would come off the books for milwaukee and that could make a difference for them especially as they're they're pushing against the tax they're not likely to be a cap space team because because of Jabari Parker, um, free agent situation this summer, but that that could help them at least flexibility wise. So something to watch there with Toledovich. And of course, Toledovich could go the Chris Bosch route and say, I still want to play. And that was his last indication was that he, he didn't feel like he was done. He actually tweeted for the first time in, like multiple years um that no i'm not done i'm still you know getting after it so you guys get anything to say on those? yeah
3: real real quick uh just to clarify for listeners uh filetovic back in december the bucks announced that he had uh, pulmonary embolisms um so that's what's keeping him out um similar to chris bosh i don't know if it's the exact same thing as chris bosh had but uh it's kind of career uh, life-threatening if, if it doesn't uh get better so hopefully he gets better first and foremost and then after that i mean if he can play that that would be great but um yeah i just wanted to say that
2: no absolutely and just like with chris bosch you know you you hit the nail on the head con be be smart like don't don't uh you know it's just not worth it you know move on to whatever's next you know go coach go do something else so exactly yeah, just just you know, scary situation there. So you're exactly right. Hopefully he gets well and you know can can do whatever he needs to do to you know live a long and happy life. On the ten day circuit, Dallas Mavericks signed Jameel Warney to a ten day. He's a guy who's been in their system with the Texas Legends for a while. He's also a USA Basketball guy. Um, if you haven't been following that at all, Jeff Van Gundy's been coaching the USA Basketball team because they had to qualify for the um, World Cup. Right, World Cup. Yeah, um, I was, I'm was. i getting my my World Cups and Olympics and everything else confused. Um, so the U.S. has to qualify for it, and obviously they're not going to send NBA players to these qualifier games in the middle of the NBA season. So what they're doing is they're doing a handful of G League guys who go up. Warney's a key part of that roster and has played quite well in the Team USA environment. I know he's a guy the Mavericks are pretty high on as far as being a good kid and a good worker, so good to see him get an opportunity – to uh, move up to the big club in Dallas and then the Atlanta Hawks they kind of a flurry of maneuvers here they re-signed Jalen Morris to a second 10-day contract and then Morris probably got hurt which generally that means guy gets the contract ended but since the Hawks aren't really trying to win anything they're uh they're content just to let him uh rehab and get healthy they they brought up with another open roster spot, Damian Lee. Um, he's a guy about six foot six, six foot seven shooter. Went to camp with the Boston Celtics and has been playing in the G League for the Pete. Is it Santa Cruz? Santa Cruz, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, Pete, I know you got some thoughts on him. You've seen him play. So, what what do you think about Lee's game?
1: Uh, he's actually pretty fluid. He can shoot the ball um, from deep, and he's actually a little bit sneaky athletic as well. Um, can hold his own defensively. Um, and though for those who don't know, he's actually engaged to uh, Steph and Seth Curry's sister, Sedell, um Curry. So it'll be interesting to see kind of the how how well he can you know kind of progress going for further now that he's gotten an NBA opportunity because obviously you know Steph Curry, one of the best shooters um, the NBA's ever seen. Maybe he can give him some tips, kind of shooting the ball, and he can <laughs> he can make a make a um, bigger impact next season. Um, You know, but it's it's interesting to me with Lee because um, each year kind of playing in the G League, he's been talked about as a possible fringe NBA player getting a call-up. And um, I was glad to see not only did he get a call-up this year, but he got a call-up to a team that could give him an opportunity like the Hawks because Kent Bazemore is out for the season and um, Marco Bellinelli got bought out. So um, interesting to see what he does in the next A few games or so
2: yeah yeah it's uh you know that's you want to see these guys when they come up get a chance and you know so far it looks like he's gone the other hawks move was they signed antonius cleveland to the remainder of the season uh deal after his second 10-day contract expired now cleveland has not played for atlanta he's been hurt uh since they signed him but this is more of a Long range. This was a two-year contract as well, so it's expected to be some some small guarantee or non-guaranteed into next season. So this is more of a get the guy for the rest of this year, get him healthy, and then get him to train camp. Probably play summer league with the Hawks as well, um, and then we'll see uh, where he goes from there. He played earlier this year for Dallas in on a, a, a deal um and it looks okay he another kind of big wing guy so we'll we'll see where he uh what he looks like with that one um continuing to move on these guys next two guys both signed uh for the rest of this year and then into next season the phoenix sun Shaq Harris Harrison rather excuse me after a second 10-day contract expired for him they signed him for the rest of the year he's been playing minutes for the Suns The, the Suns don't have a ton of point guard depth behind um uh alfred, alfred payton. payton yeah i lost my track of there i was like wait they traded for him what's his name alfred mm-hmm. payton um and then tyler ulis had been in and out with some some injuries so harrison's gotten some minutes there uh, and then troy williams with the new york knicks this one i really like i thought this was good work by the Knicks to get him on a 10 day and then i think this is good for the Knicks to sign him for the rest of the year. super athletic does a you know a lot of things um kind of well doesn't do anything really great but he's the kind of guy if you're the next you want to have these guys instead of keep bringing back these veteran players who really offer you no upside it's worth having those and you know i, I just you know it's fine for the sons i just i don't know just a plug
1: is. and play basically because of yeah, all the exactly. injuries especially booker being um he's he's been kind of in and out with the um with the hand injury too yeah. so
2: eight ball and at this point too it's uh oh you woke up and you scratched you got a paper cut yeah you can't play
1: tonight. all right let's sit right. down and, <laughs> <Yep>. and get <laughs> so the highest draft time to position rest. we can get and, yeah. um
2: yeah so yeah it's uh the this, this sun's it's that man the the bottom of the tank tank race is uh it's something that the
3: bulls he- are doing an awful job <laughs> the bulls are man they're
2: uh, yeah. you know they're de- i kind of feel like the bulls have like one more five game win streak in them <laughs> to completely <laughs> yeah. uh, ruin their chances so you know what but maybe they'll be rewarded for that and that's lottery. what i'm hoping um you know, I, I also, you know, it's just to keep in mind, too, with these teams at the bottom, you're going to start seeing a lot of flu-like symptoms and back spasms. Uh, yeah. I think they're going to start creeping up here pretty soon. So, um, all right, continue to move on. Travis Ware got a second 10-day with the Lakers. He's the reason Derek Williams isn't playing, quite yeah. frankly. Ware's been playing. He's kind of a big big kid. He's about six foot 6'10", um, spacing the floor pretty well for them. He kind of comes in behind Kyle Kuzma and then just plays the Kuzma role. Um, just, yeah. you know, spreads the floor and does, you know, looks pretty good with that. He's a, he might be, it wouldn't surprise me if he gets signed for the rest of this year. Um, yeah. and Walton year. seems to like him. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he's, he's a good ball mover too. Like, I don't, I don't know that he's ever going to be a real rotation player, but he could be somebody that they could bring to camp next season. Memphis Grizzlies, they ended the 10-day contract for Xavier Ratan Mays and signed Briante Weber. This is, like, Weber's, like, fifth chance at the NBA with different clubs. He he plays really hard. He can get after it defensively. He's just very limited on the offensive end of the floor. So I just, you know, but Memphis needs, needs anybody at the point guard position that they can get because it's really – Tyreek Evans came back the other night, which was a little surprising maybe. Uh, but he came back and then uh, – Um, Kobe Simmons has been the other guy playing who's one of their two-way guys. So they needed someone to step in because Conley obviously done for the year and then Mario Chalmers has been hurt as well and then they just don't have anything else at point guard um, in Memphis. So thoughts on Briante Weber, Pete?
1: Just what you said, limited offense and, you know, above average
3: defense. So we'll see if he sticks this time in Memphis, not likely. His his physical tools are, I mean – he has such long arms, um, and yeah. he's so quick. and Ridiculous. That's actually one one of the other things you, with Wade Baldwin too that you were mentioning. Like he has the physical tools that like make makes teams go like, hey, maybe we can make something out of him. Because um, I, I saw I also saw Wade Baldwin at um, the G League showcase, and I mean he he was playing really well there, and he has such a long arm, such big hands. Um, I feel like teams just want to make make use of that sometimes, but it's it comes out he's how big play. too yeah
2: uh, yeah he's exactly. like six four six five right like he's legit big point guard yeah no that definitely does happen um los angeles clippers they signed sean kilpatrick to a second 10-day contract he hasn't done anything for them they also announced it looks like avery bradley is done for the season um having season-ending surgery so the clippers injury hits keep on coming but signing Kilpatrick, what that does is says no resolution to bringing up Ty, Ty Wallace or C.J. Williams, and that situation continues to be a mass in L.A. It's, it's the downside to these two-way contracts. They don't want to com- simply convert them. Because then they would be restricted free agents at the end of the year, and they don't want that. They also don't want to. They're they're not willing to take uh, what they feel like is a lesser than fair offer. Um, so they would just rather have the two ways expire and then be be free agents and free to pick their um, next spot themselves. So that's that's just an ugly situation. The Clippers starting to look like they might be uh, dropping out of this. They're about a, they're game and a half behind the Pelicans. Um, now a couple of straight losses, so still still in the race, but it's it's looking less and less likely. If you thought there was any likelihood left at all, um, with them that they're going to get into the playoffs, so New Orleans Pelicans. Couple of moves: Walt Lemon Jr. second t- ten day expired. They did not re-sign him for the rest of the year. They brought in Larry Drew the uh, second, a little bit of additional point guard depth for them. Drew's a guy again; he's had a couple chances at the NBA and hasn't stuck as of yet. But he's, uh, you know, not another kid knows how to run a team, um, which is important, I think, for the Pelicans. if they have to really deep in, go deep into that bench, they don't seem to want to play Drew Holiday at all um, as the point guard. They seem really settled into him being their their off the ball um, two guard guy, which is fine. And then Ian Clark, yeah, he's not really a point guard either. So so that's where I think Drew comes in to give them a little bit. More of that I was, I was hoping Frank Jackson might make it back for the end of the year, but that's starting to look less and less likely as well.
1: Um, they actually announced yesterday that he won't be coming. Back. Oh, did they? Um, I hadn't, yeah. I hadn't seen that one. Which like, was crazy because I was like, well, maybe he'll get a chance, even if it was the last, you know, four or five games of the season, give him something. But yeah, well, now sure at this
2: be. point too, I mean, they look like they should be, they'll be at least in the playoff mix all the way to the end. Right. They're not going to be messing around with a you know, rookie point guard that late so but but they've got him signed for next year too so hopefully he'll be able to play play there he's a kind of fringe first round guy um Mm -hmm. last season and then really draft stock fell after broken foot right i think was yeah broken foot Yeah, yeah so uh solomon hill though still looking like he could maybe get back um unless there's been some update i missed on that one they said
1: today uh, but we'll see if it happens alright
2: yeah they're playing the playing the equally banged up Boston Celtics uh, today so we haven't had a chance to talk about that so we'll dip in real quick here uh, Marcus Smart out for 6 to 8 weeks which is taking you into the second round maybe conference finals at this point after he injured his thumb tore tendon diving for a loose ball and then Daniel Tice injured his uh, meniscus tore his meniscus he is done for the season So so the Celtics depth hit those two guys also so both are two of the Celtics' better defenders. You could maybe even argue that they're the second and third best defenders on the team behind Al Horford. And that's really tough for the Celtics because they just they they have no way to replace them. They don't have any roster spots. A lot of people said, "What about that hardship exemption?" So I wrote a piece for Celtics blog about that and really it's they they you only qualify for it if you've got at least four guys out for three games and Boston was close to that but Kyrie Irving sounds like he's going to come back and play today against the Pelicans we're again recording this on Sunday and then it sounds like Jalen Brown is maybe only a few few more days away probably when the team gets back to Boston and then uh, after that now they're they're back to his full health as they're going to be. So to just be smart, Tyson and Gordon Hayward, obviously. And if you miss the news on Gordon Hayward, uh, Danny Ainge came on, and said there was a little bit of a setback about a month, month and a half ago in his recovery. That looks like that's probably going to close the door on him having any chance to play this season. That's why the team started putting out some updated messaging on his potential return. So the Celtics kind of are what they are uh, now. And you're just going to have to see It made, Losing Tice made signing Greg Monroe that much more important, and he has looked really, really good for Boston um, over the last few games. He's really starting to settle in on the offensive end, and then they can kind of hide him a little bit on defense, but that's going to be tough in the playoffs, but hopefully just second unit minutes for him there. So uh, that concludes the Celtics portion of the broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Washington Wizards, they re-signed Vermont Sessions for the remainder of the season. but whatever um that i think that made wizards fans more angry than it did happy um they seem to hate both him and tim frazier pretty passionately so uh good news for wizards fans it looks like john wall is getting close um, should be soon. Um, he's been practicing. Looks like he's been doing everything they need him to do. So he, he should be back uh, here fairly soon. Toronto Raptors, second 10-day contract for Nigel Hayes. Brought him in um, on that second 10-day. He's you know kind of kind of good there. Kind of interesting note there is the Westchester Knicks. They're so starting five for the G League Westchester Knicks. All of them made the NBA this year for at least a uh, portion of the season. So yeah, and they're one of the... It's This is kind of where you got to feel bad for the G League teams a little bit. They were one of the best G League teams all season long, but now all their guys are in the NBA and they might not do anything in the G League playoffs. Which is tough. And then a really kind of cool, feel-good story, the Utah Jazz signed David Stockton, yes, that is John Stockton's son, to a 10-day contract. They are down to just two point guards on the roster, and that's uh, Ricky Rubio and then Dante Exum, who made his season debut the other night in now so Stockton comes in because Raul Neto is out uh, for a while if not the rest of the year and then Stockton comes in to really fill that third point guard spot they're another one they don't seem to want to put that on Donovan Mitchell no which kind of makes sense just let him do do his thing so that's it's where we're at now is Stockton in the NBA I I thought that one was kind of cool
1: yeah it's interesting because he had had a couple stints before Um, I believe Sacramento Uh, been the last one and he's a heady point guard obviously like his dad but it's just he doesn't do anything exceptionally well but he's smart enough that he knows how to play within himself to not hurt a team so that kind of perfect guy to be that third point guard to come in and just play some spot minutes and help run the team
2: yeah and he's extremely limited um physically like he's just he's not big he's not overly fast and then he is also um a usa basketball guy he was another guy who had done quite quite well in those qualifiers so so you have seen the benefit for those guys to go and play in those games and then get uh some opportunities in the nba after that all right we're going to take a short break now and then we're going to come back and we're going to talk free agent point guards and we'll explain to you our thought process and where we're looking at this free agent class we are the nba front office show brought to you by the almighty baller podcast network
4: This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you.
2: Welcome back to the NBA front office show. I'm your host Keith Smith. I'm joined by my co-host Pete Toll and our producer Connor Rell. We are part of the almighty baller podcast network. We are going to talk free agent point guards now to give you a little bit of our thought process. How we broke this down was we bucketed the guys into tiers, the tiers being all star starter rotation and fringe and fringe means they're like truly fringe roster guys. Um, kind of back into the roster maybe g-league guys maybe not even nba players at all and then rotation guys exactly what it sounds maybe could start on occasion but they're really just rotation players starters true pure starters um, should be there Um, or starter level guys and then all-stars are exactly what they are is all-stars what we'll start off with is i'm going to start with five guys that i think have the potential to be free agents but i don't think will become free agents so uh con if you disagree on any of these you you speak up okay so the first one is ron baker he is a player option ron baker never should have got the contract he got in the first place so (laughs) i don't think there's any way he opts out um and becomes a restricted free agent any disagreement nope Silence Uh, no, uh, Jamal Crawford. So this one's kind of maybe one where you guys might feel different. He has a player option as well. I just think at this point in his career, he's had probably one of the worst seasons of his career. Um, so far, a lot of that is just, he doesn't play a lot of minutes anymore. Um, and he is starting to slow down he's not the guy he was as he's in his well he's deep in his career right his uh 18th season now so um i don't think he opts out either
3: i mean what he's like 37 now 36 37 so and he's making i think
2: eight he's actually 38
3: 38 yeah and and
2: or thirty eight in two days. Yeah, <laughs> so. what
3: was he making around eight million? Was that right? Or four million? Four million. Uh, no, $4 no, four million.
2: million. Yeah, he got the room accepted. Yeah, yeah.
3: So yeah. I mean, I don't know if. Uh, yeah, he's not getting the room accepted from anyone else. Sorry. Pete, I I kind of went back and
1: forth with on this one because I thought maybe if he did opt out, it would be just to follow a guy like a LeBron or something to tag onto a team to win a championship. But then money kind of talks as well, so yeah. I'm I'm kind of in agreement with you guys. I don't think he opts.
2: All right. My next one, this one I'll be interested to see. I don't think Corey Joseph is going to opt out either. Um, More just of a marketplace thing for him. I think he would do better to stay with the Indiana Pacers. He's been, he started while Darren Collison's been out. Now Collison is back and Joseph has kept the starting role. $7.9 million um, player option for next year. I just don't see him getting that money on the open market, but unless he wants to, to do years um, over dollars but he's not that old yet he's he is what he's 20 26 so it's not he's not to the point in his career where he needs to be you know prioritizing three or four year deals over anything so i don't think he opts out either uh pete thoughts
1: no i don't think he does because the opportunity to potentially you know get starters minutes here or there depending on who they you know if if collison's back and if they you know bring anybody else in um Opportunities more than anything,
3: yeah. And uh, even if he's looking for years, getting years in this year's market would mean you're getting a few years at a lower number than maybe he could get when a lot of uh money or more money opens up the year after. So maybe make his eight million dollars this year and then see if he can get eight million for three extra years, um, per year is what I was trying to say. Uh, and yeah, so I think I think just testing the market in a year is probably better for him, and that's, I would think he's going to go that route too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, and then I know Pete's going to be in complete agreement with, with a complete agreement with me on this one. There's no way that the Seventy Sixers decline the team option on TJ. Absolutely
1: not. Yeah, yeah absolutely not. <laughs> so he'll
2: be back uh, with the Sixers. To agree with that? Comment. Yeah, no, for sure. Okay, all right, and then the last guy who has an option is uh, Milos Teodosic. He has a player option um, to, which would then opt him into a partially guaranteed contract. He's another one I think just because of the injuries he had this year and didn't get to play as much as I think he had hoped. Um, and again, his his is for six point three million next year. It's it's two point one million guaranteed. And there's no, I mean, the Clippers aren't going to waive him anyway on that unless he's really you know hurt or injured. I don't think he's going anywhere either. I think he'll opt in to that one.
3: Yeah, he also he also um, becomes restricted if he either yep, either right. way. So um, that yep. he the Clippers have a lot of control over him. But yeah, I think he came to the NBA for a reason uh, to test it out, and I feel like he might feel like he didn't get um, a full shot just because of. The injuries and all that. So yeah, I, I wouldn't. I don't see him making more than what he has anyway next year. Um, we'll see if yep. the Clippers pick up his option though.
1: I think he comes back and he'll he'll back up Patrick Beverly next season. All I right. don't see why not.
2: All right. Well, we're all in agreement on that one. Hopefully, we're not all in agreement on all the rest. Otherwise, this one's going to be a. Uh, a non-event here. So let's let's get into the guys who now will be free agents this summer. So the first tier we're going to start with is, is the All-Star tier, and I will tell you guys right off the bat: I have one guy. This is a one-man tier, and that's Chris Paul. Um, I don't think he is. Any chance anybody else jumps into this tier, it's too late in this year, too late in their careers to play themselves up for me. So I have Chris Paul as the lone guy in the all star tier. I will also say I don't think he's going anywhere. I think he will finish his career likely with the Houston Rockets, um, unless it turns into, you know, he's kind of just playing the chase the ring game for the last couple of seasons at the end of his career but but chris paul my lone player in the all-star tier con who did you have in your all-star tier
3: yeah i mean it's obviously chris paul and then i think the real discussion is um because if we did this last year we would have had isaiah thomas in this tier as well so
2: 100 percent
3: the question is will isaiah get back to that point ever um in his career because i think he's he's pushing 30. I think he's 29 this year if I'm not mistaken. Uh, um yep. so yep. so again that's kind of entering the back end of his his career. So we we'll, I don't think he'll he'll get to all-star level again especially if he stays in the west um but you know I think having one this year as kind of a coming back from the injury, we'll see what what happens with a month um of off-season training. He might come back with a chip on his shoulder like he always has. Uh, but his his market's a really interesting discussion too. But anyway, yeah, I think he's the only one that you could maybe discuss in this kind of conversation, but he's not at the star level right now.
2: All right, Pete?
1: Uh, Chris Paul is the only one for me. And just to follow up, Khan, you brought up the perfect point with Isaiah because it's all about where he's going to go situation-wise to see playing time, mix of you know player personnel, like all of that stuff is going to, factor into and and obviously health for Isaiah but I'm in agreement I don't think he can quite get back I think he'll get back to some of what he was in Boston but just not that level of let's put the ball in his hand so much and just let him have free reign you know kind of thing so I don't know that a team is gonna trust him in that way in order for him to be able to get to an all-star level
2: all right, Con, you kind of started the discussion then a little bit because it sounds like you've got Thomas maybe then towards the top end yeah. of the next tier, which is the starter tier um so now let, let me define something here too this doesn't mean that these guys are necessarily starters because we we know isaiah thomas has not been starting or uh, for large points of the season but this is kind of where they they fall it's either starters or they play starter minutes is is how i look at this one it's not necessarily that they definitely have to start game so so con take us through who just without any like analysis on it who were the guys in your starter tier
3: yeah so it's Isaiah Thomas was the first guy, and then I only have two other guys with one maybe hopping in there. Um, okay, Marcus Smart and Tony Parker, um, and Marcus Smart okay. doesn't start right, uh, but I think he definitely could start um, and play well for several teams in the league um, in the next couple of years. But right now he's there, and then Corey Joseph, I would say is the cl- I, I have him as rotation, but I think he's the one of my rotation guys that could um, jump up to being a starter. It's it's a it's a uh, Limited point guard class this year for free agents.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that thats is – you're underselling it. Limited is to say the least. All right, Pete, who did you have in your starter tier?
1: Uh, Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Marcus Smart. Um, And then depending on, like I said just previous with Corey Joseph, it just depends on who else is there. Um, I think he can get to starter's minutes. I don't know that he starts more than, say – Thirty games in in a season, but I think he can get to that starters minutes of twenty seven minutes or so in that range, um, you know, fairly easily. Um, and then I kind of toyed with Dante Exum, but it's Ricky Rubio's there, and I was like, ah, I'll just put him in the rotation tier. So I kind of left Exum out of the starter tier.
2: All right, so so my starter tier, I've got Isaiah Thomas in there as well. You guys already mm-hmm. touched on everything related to him. Um, there that could possibly matter i also have marcus smart there i i you know i kind of came in this i was was ready for a fight this morning and (laughs) when he brought it um you know but it it is good to see i think people are really starting to see his value i think as the celtics profile has risen people are seeing him more and when you see what he can do defensively he's the, the fact that as a you know six foot four guard he can defend credibly one through four and change games it's really incredible um you know what he can do on the defensive end he just he keeps getting hurt which is you know bummer um he just to to clarify too he's a restricted free agent this summer so the celtics have the ability to match any offers he gets i don't think he's going anywhere i think he's going to stay right where he is in boston um, unless some team comes with some crazy offer but anything i would say approaching you know 12 13 14 15 million dollars. I think the Celtics will match that and keep him. Um then I had that that's where Joseph would have slotted for me. Um I I, I took him out of the mix simply because I don't see I didn't think he was going to be a free agent this summer. Um then I have two more guys and this is probably going to I know this will shock Pete cuz Pete knows how I feel about point guards who can't shoot.
1: Alfred um, Payton.
2: Alfred Payton and Rajon Rondo. Yeah. I still have wow. both of them in the starter tier. Um, okay. You know Rondo started all year. He's played fairly well for New Orleans for you mm-hmm. know what should be a playoff team, um, and then Peyton. It's I have such a mixed feelings on Peyton, and yeah, uh, just for full disclosure, I had my order in this tier: Thomas, Smart, Peyton, Rondo. Um, I feel like Peyton is um he he's such a tough guy, but he's been a starter for his entire career. Um, you know, and and I think I think Phoenix is probably gonna re up with him. And keep him around and then i think he goes into it as their starting point guard next season um you know what he gets is going to be the interesting thing is i would not i wouldn't even pay him the same money i'd pay marcus smart just because i think right. smart can change games i don't think peyton's a game changer and then rondo i just until he's not a starter i'm gonna assume he's still a starting level point guard i just you know i'm not sure but yeah i'm assuming both of you guys had them in the next group in the rotation group Con. I did. Jane
3: Con. Okay. Uh, I had them in the next year. Rondo was the one rotation. Rondo was the one that I was kind of iffy on. And then I did want to ask you guys about I mean, Tony Parker. I said he was starting he was starting in the beginning of the year, uh, so he kinda lost his right. role to, to Murray. Um but do you think he's already kind of outside of the the starter thing? Do you think he's gonna
2: Yeah, I had that's I have him in my rotation yeah. group just because Same. of that. I think I think that's just where he is now. Now I do think Tony Parker could probably carve out another three, four, five years, um, just because he does keep himself in pretty good shape, and I think um, you know as a kind of scoring um, point guard off the bench, which teams are you know always looking for guys like that too. um, I I think he could be could be there, or I could also see Tony Parker saying at the end of this season, like, yeah, I'm done. I'm gonna walk away. Like I, I don't know, but yeah, I have him down in the rotation group. So let's move there. So Pete, let's go ahead. I'm assuming this is one of your your the, the bottom two groups. Rotation and fringe are the big ones here. So <laughs> mm-hmm. without any analysis, just take us through in order, your guys in the rotation tier.
1: Okay, so rotation tier. Um, we're we're counting. I guess the the option guys, right? Uh if-
2: you can take them out of the mix because we already we already okay. said we think they're all gonna stay.
1: Okay, so I've got um, rotation tier. I've got Dante Exum, uh, Yogi Ferrell. I've got, um, let's see, TJ – oh, no, he was on the thing. Uh, Shabazz Napier, um, Tony Parker, Alfred Payton, Rajon Rondo, Milos uh, Teodosic, uh, Fred Van Vliet,
3: um, and that was my list.
2: All right, Khan.
3: Um, Well – I had a few more guys, so I had every one of those guys. And then um, I was—I want to put Tyrone Wallace in this tier just because when he did play, Yeah, that's where I have he, When him. he did play, I mean, he was starting and playing rotation minutes. So yep. even though he's not on a team right now, I would still uh, put him there. And then
2: I want to clear up one thing, too, with Wallace. He played most of his minutes on the wing for the Clippers, but he came into the NBA as a point guard. So I just want to, you know, be, that's why I have him in this group. So that's, and that's the same. I have him in the same tier as you. Huh?
3: Yeah. And then um, I had Jameer Nelson also, and uh, Jose Calderon, because just because of the amount, I mean, he's played rotation minutes for the Cavs um, this year. And,
2: and whenever he starts. Yeah. That.
3: And he, I mean, he can <laughs> kind of run the offense, does what he needs to do. Yep. Um, And then I also have uh, Shane Larkin in there as well, uh, just because I think he's, he could play rotation minutes
2: all right so i have a couple couple guys um different from you guys so so mine in order is fred van vliet yogi ferrell dante axum raymond felton um i think he's a clear rotation player Uh, oh yeah miss felton tony parker that's we already talked about him uh then i have shane larkin tyrone wallace i have Devin harris in there too i think he's still a rotation guy uh jose calderon Raul Neto, that's where I have him. Tim Frazier, which Wizards fans are probably pulling their hair out, but I think he's a rotation guy. Shabazz Napier, and then I have Jared Jack, because Jared Jack actually played pretty good for the Knicks um, when he did play this year. And then the only guy I think that was mentioned that I don't have that you had, Con, was Jameer Nelson. I have him down in the fringe tier. So, so I want to start off with, Pete, you had Shabazz Napier pretty high. Mm -hmm. um in that group so what what's your like let's I want to hear some of your thoughts on Napier
1: I think he takes the momentum from this season you know kind of having a I mean I guess I don't really think breakout is the best way to say it but a um better than the rest season um for him I think he can he can really take on a backup point guard role um, if needed, I know a lot of people probably laugh at that, but I don't see any problem with him playing that eighteen, you know, to twenty-one minute role and and excelling on the right team. But it's going to be a matter of will Portland decide to bring him back, and he's behind Lillard. I don't know that that Napier is probably going to be all that thrilled about that. And I think if he can get the right number that can kind of exceed, you know, being restricted, what Portland you know, will match, um, I think opportunity, um, you know, could could really be a big factor for Napier to, to get those minutes. Because um, to me, he's done well. Yes, he struggled, you know, last year. And, and he struggled at times, you know, this year, not saying that he's been perfect. But, you know, you, you've got guys in, in rotation this year, you know, some of the guys that um, like Mario Chalmers has been in and out, you know, Things like that. I think he's on par with some of those guys. So why not give it a shot and see what what he can do next season?
2: Yeah, it's not it's because right. I had him in the same tier. I was just surprised you got him a little higher in the mm-hmm. tier ahead of some of the other guys. And then neither mm-hmm. one, I was the only one who had Devin Harris in this group. Do you guys – Is I, it? Are you,
3: I actually had him. Uh, I was I wasn't reading out my entire list of twenty guys just because he oh, read it, okay. uh, his list. So I didn't want it to be repetitive. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, no, I, I had okay. Devin Harris in the top half of of these uh, rotation guys actually because I mean I think he still provides um quality minutes and a lot of these guys are lower end like closer to fringe than uh some of them are closer to fringe than they are rotation um than they are starter so uh yeah I think Devin Harris definitely uh, belongs in this spot um but
1: for me Harris the only thing was the injuries and so kind of being in and out, in and out, and I mean, obviously he's capable, but is he going to be able to stay healthy? So I, for me, I factored that into my decision-making too, like how much injuries have played a part in, in their careers, where they are kind of going forward, um, and, and things like that. So I kind of factored that in a little bit. So it might be a little bit different than what you guys kind of put together, just kind of a baseline across across the board, like not like factoring any of that in. Um, and I, I do want to say I did miss Raymond Felton on my list. Somehow I, I didn't even have him on either um, fringe or rotation, but he'd absolutely be a rotation guy. So all I'll right, we know you clear.
2: you just don't like chubby fat guys. Let's that's, that's let <laughs> Um, yeah, I know it's yeah, I know for sure. I think we're all in agreement. That's where Felton falls. He's you know, kinda kinda mm. in some ways almost the ideal backup for Russell Westbrook because he can play with him and without him. So I want to get your thoughts. I'm gonna get con I'm gonna go to you first. Fred Van Vliet, this guy has been getting crazy love. Um, if you listen to other podcasts, like people are starting to rank him in like the top twenty of just NBA point cards, <laughs> period. Um mm. which it, I'll give you my thoughts after, but I think that's crazy, Con. What do you think, yeah. What do you think about well, Fred that's Van funny
3: because while we were talking about the starters, I was going to ask you guys, okay, who's who's the one guy in the next tier that like that's young and you could possibly see in their career get up to starter? And for me, it was going to be Fred Van Fred VanVleet. So I'm not at the point where I'm saying he's a top twenty point guard in the league, uh, but <laughs> but I do think that. Uh, I mean, even this year, I feel like he could start for a bad, like, one of these tanking teams, it wouldn't be a problem at all, um, and I think in a couple years, he could definitely provide starter-level minutes uh, for, for a solid team, I feel like, because he just has the, he, he he's had the grit, like, he, he tries really hard all the time, which is a big factor, I think, in uh, regular season success, and then, I mean, he's shown that he can make plays in in big moments, too, and he's, he's, I mean all of the Raptors roster is a big reason why they're succeeding basically this year but he's definitely been a big part of that so um, I'm I'm pretty I I like Fred VanVleet Uh, I just don't like top 20 I haven't heard that top 20 in the league
2: (laughs) yeah it's it's uh I mean and I'm not making it like this is like a mainstream thing it's just I think think it's he's he's kind of become the guy that like the basketball nerds like us have started to fall in love with and i'm with you i think he he is the guy of this group but maybe him or tyrone wallace are the guys most most likely to to make that jump to the starter tier and i'm glad you went there because that was gonna be that was a question i had so good lead into that and i have one other guy too that i want to talk about we'll talk about him in a minute after we finish with van vliet i i like him i think he can do a lot of things well i i just I think it's starting to get to the point where he's like a good backup on a really good team. And those guys tend to get overrated a little bit. Um, and that's, a, that's just my worry with him, but I I'm, I'm with you. I, he was my top guy in my rotation tier um, of the free agents here. So his restricted free agency is going to be one to watch. Cause you could see a team make the Raptors have to really pay up, even if it's just by offering them a portion of their mid-level or something like that. To sign him away so that'll be be one to keep an eye on pete are you where are you on the van vliet love fast here that's been going i around? mean
1: i don't know i mean i think that obviously he's a rotation guy and i think that he could do spot starts now a full-time starter i don't know i think the size at six foot might be a little hindering yes he can shoot the ball but he's also been you know mainly playing kind of backup level caliber players. And that's not a knock on Van Fleet. I just think that once you get to that tier of the Russell Westbrooks every night, the Chris Pauls every night, like all of those guys, I think that's when you, you would see him struggle just because from a NBA experience standpoint, number one, and then the physical standpoint of, you know, the size stature of, of being six foot, it's going to be a little harder against some of the bigger guards and things like that. Um, I think he's in the perfect scenario in Toronto right now. And like you said, that's kind of shining the light a little brighter for some more than others.
2: Yeah, I think he's going to be a guy who the playoffs are going to be really big for him. right? Because if he Correct. has a great playoffs, all of a sudden his market changes. If he has a really poor playoffs, then that's actually probably to Toronto's benefit for retaining him at the end of the season. The other guy that I think could, could really make a leap here, but we just don't know, is Dante Exum. Mm. We really only have right. two years to go off of with him, so we there. There's we, we don't know what he is as a player. He's obviously not going to have enough time to show it. The rest of this year, he could be another guy if he has a monster playoffs. Because I think he's going to play because they don't they have nobody else behind Ricky Rubio. Right. I, I just we we don't know what he is, and I think that actually is one another one that works to Utah's benefit because I think they'll be able to then pay less than they would have otherwise. So, Pete, I know you had you were fairly high on him. Where where are you at on hmm. on on Axum? Are you thinking? Well, let me I'm let me thinking, rephrase it. What do you think is a fair okay. offer for Axum this summer?
1: Oh, um, that's a good question. No, obviously, not being the you know the the cap. Guru that you guys are, um, I would say give them give them a two year deal, um, kind of see you know maybe have a third year in there as an option, just kind of see what um, you can get out of them for Utah because you don't want really you don't want Dante Don or Don Donovan Mitchell, um, you know having to play the point guard role. You got Rubio in the kind of perfect starter role that could kind of transition it. To Exum, because I think Xum obviously his passing, if he can really knock down the three point shot, that's gonna, you know, be kind of where it's a make or break for him, being able to stretch the floor, shooting the ball. Um and he's got that I mean, great
2: size. I mean, he's six foot six and he's a legit six six too. So I think I, I think him and Mitchell could be something. And you know, it's important to remember too, uh Dante Exum's only twenty two. So, and that's
1: the yeah. that's the thing there's so much untapped potential yeah. there because of injuries you know multiple years for him that it's if, if you pass on him now and say at 26 he blows up and you know I'm not saying Dante Exam is going to be an all star but what if he gets to close to that all-star level you know across the board you know kind of fills up the stat sheet in all areas each game like and
3: Utah will let him go. Yeah. Like, they'd be kicking themselves.
2: What about you, Calm? What would you give Axon?
3: Yeah, so he, his cap holds right at almost $15 million. So I know he's not going to get that, but, I mean, that's going to be on the books for them. So I think to – I would try to give him something around the mid-level exception, the full mid-level exception, like eight $8 million for maybe two, three years, um, and see if he takes it. If not, I I would try to retain him uh, even because I think he's not going to pull crazy offers from around the league. Um, I'd be curious to see if there's a team that kind of messes up the situation for them and gives him like a $10-$12 million a year deal for three years. Uh, I just don't know if other teams will risk it that much. So I think it's really going to be a negotiation between uh, Exum and Utah um, for, like I said, the mid-level exception for two to three years
2: yeah the challenge you need to look at with all these things is the teams who have cap space your your first question you have to ask is do they need a point guard right so Mm -hmm. so let's go through it. chicago no they've they've got their point guards um (laughs) multiple point Mm -hmm. guards um the lakers no not really they've got lonzo the Mavericks, if they get to cap space, no, they've got Dennis Smith Jr. Philadelphia, eh, probably not, because you still you got Simmons and then Fultz, and they're you know that's a weird situation, but probably not. The Kings, no, they have De'Aaron Fox. So then that leaves you with the Pacers, uh, maybe, because that would mean Collison and probably uh, Joseph might be gone. Then the Nets, not really, right? They've got Russell and Lynn and Dinwiddie, and then the Hawks, they've got Dennis Schroder. I wouldn't. I'm curious to see if the Hawks could get in there and maybe mess that up, as you said, Con, and then maybe they move Schroeder in another. I think it's gonna happen. Yeah, you know, move him in the off season uh, because he's not—he wasn't signed by Travis Schlenk, the GM. He's not that's not his guy um it's kind of almost like alfred payton just in the extension period and versus the uh end of the Mm. rookie scale period so i i would wouldn't mind seeing them throw it off for adam i think you have to be careful though that you have a two guard who can shoot beside him. so that's why Mm. i I really think utah would i want to know what their number is because you know they have a number where they won't match and i'd love to know what that number is because you know 22 year old six foot six point guards don't exactly you know fall out of the sky you're you know you're you're lucked into something pretty good here and it's just unfortunate he hasn't been able to play for half really half of his career to this point so that, that one's good the rest of these guys they're, they're kind of veteran guys that have settled into their roles a little bit Shane Larkin he's good to see him back i think he is proven he's an nba guy and can really handle backup point guard minutes we talked about calderon um we talked about Tony Parker, some, Felton, Devin Harris. That's what those guys are. Tyrone Wallace, both Khan and I had him in there. So be curious to see where he, um, how this whole situation plays out. That's one of the ones I'm just as a roster cap nerd, I'm really watching uh, intently. So this is another place where it's, we just as the discussions we had, restrictive free agents, they're going to be squeezed. So the big ones to watch, Marcus Smart, Alfred Payton, Van Vliet, uh, Yogi Farrell, Dante Exum, those are the big restricted free agents, and they—they're definitely going to get squeezed here for uh, for contracts just because of the you know circumstances of where the cap is right now. And it could be to their benefit to sign a shorter deal and hit the market again. Um, in a couple years, so that's something to watch for as well. All right, the fringe rotation – fringe section, rather, fringe tier. We're not going to spend a lot of time on this one. Um, but So what I want to know is, of the guys you guys had in the fringe tier, Con, I'm going to go to you first. Is there a guy in your fringe tier that you think could jump into being a rotation player, or are you – these guys are all where they are and no way?
3: Well, my first guy in this tier is Derek Rose, um, but I, I, I okay. don't know if he – I think he. I think he can still get to rotation level. I don't think he will. But if I were to pick someone, that would be, it's probably. Um, I got Mario Chalmers and Aaron Brooks. The rest are a lot of a lot of two way guys. I was talking about how I kind of like Wade Baldwin's physical tools. If he figures out the, the the.
2: Well, remember now he signed. Yeah, he signed. So so, so so I mean,
3: he if yep. Portland kind of develops him, if Shabazz kind of leaves, and he gets the chance, yep. I think Wade Baldwin has a shot. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't know, I, but one thing that I was really curious while, while trying to rank these guys was, how low is Michael Carter-Williams, even if you include the two-way guys?
2: He is, for me, <laughs> so that's a great it's question. China-bound. He is the, I have him, then Aaron Brooks. And then, then it's all the two-way okay, yeah. guys, and I and I even have a couple of the two-way guys ahead of him. Uh, like I have yeah. Quinn Cook ahead yeah, of him, yeah, I have uh, Josh yep. Malette ahead of him. So there's a you know a couple guys, but yeah, he's he's way down there, which is you know I just. I don't know. I mean, it, this sounds stupid because I just spent time talking about Payton and Rondo, but I don't like point guards who can't shoot, and he doesn't do anything else. At least Rondo and Payton rebound. They, you know, play play some defense. They're both really good passers. Like I, I don't know what Carter Williams is. So I I, I think teams are going to keep giving him chances because he's big. He you know was the rookie of the year. I honestly feel like his destiny is to go over to China put up insane stats for a couple of years and then maybe come back to the nba
3: i just think it's a mental thing with him it's like i don't know what he's going through but like he he's definitely not as bad as he's shown this year i feel like he definitely still has um the skill to play good defense be a post-up type backup guard and facilitate a little bit i just think either he's getting into his own head by everything that's going around and all the talk around him saying because I mean he's one of these guys that's talked about a lot because of how poorly he's performing um and that and and that must not help out but I mean he's had good good seasons I mean his rookie he was rookie of the year I think he has it in him to play rotation level minutes I just think it needs to just come all together and he needs to block out the, the noise around him and um, put it but yeah it, it, it's tough it's tough to see him uh, kind of like this
2: yeah i you know i think if he would embrace being a backup i think he could have almost a sean livingston yeah, 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 type yeah. of career where he because he's they're similarly sized um they don't have real similar games but i think that's what he could become is you know that backup who could really play one through three on a uh good team if that's what he you would really embrace because what he's like six six right so um, so I think it's, uh, you know, that, that opportunity there for him, Pete, you got a guy who could jump up out of this tier?
1: Um, well, this is where my, um, I guess I, I kind of differed a little bit because I, I've kind of had guys I put in the fringe category guys that I, I kind of tiered it in two separate sub tiers. Okay. I put guys that were most likely like G league Yep. Um, and then I put guys that may be in and out of the rotation uh, throughout the year. I think number one on the list for me is um, Shane Larkin, um, and then number two was uh, Tyrone Wallace. Okay. um, And then um, three was Tim Frazier, because I think all three of those guys for me are absolutely rotation caliber. I just think based on situation, you know, as far as – you know who's in front. They may be kind of in and out um, of the rotation, but majority of this list was guys that I don't think um, will be able to get consistently in the rotation. Guys like Derrick Rose, guys like Aaron Brooks, you know things like that. And then um, a guy that kind of I struggled with a little bit is a guy like uh, is uh, Malcolm Delaney. Yeah, because
2: same boat. Yep. I
1: feel like he has all the potential to be a rotation guy. But then it's there's so many nights where he looks lost as can be and if he's not scoring then it's that's pretty much he's lost in the game. Yeah. I, and so I, I just feel like he could go to Europe, excel again over there and that's his career. I just don't know that he you know is really the NBA guy because if you look at Josh Majet And if you, you know, caught any of the Hawks games when Majet did actually get in the game, Delaney didn't. And the team actually ran, you know, not obviously it's the Hawks and they haven't done great this year. But Majet actually, you know, kept the team at a good, better pace, if that makes sense. Yeah, you
2: know, the tough thing for Delaney is he's only in his second year, but he's 29 because he had a long European career. And I think he was better last year when the Hawks were a good team. Like, I think he's a guy who he needs to fit around good players when he's playing with a bunch of lesser players. I don't think, I think, I think you're right. Then I think he tries to do too much. I don't think he plays off guys really well when they're not very good. But I think when he was out there with better players on the Hawks last season, I thought he looked pretty good. Um, he, he took a pretty big step back and I think you're probably right. I think he's probably headed back overseas the rest of the guys in this tier, we're all kind of touching around it, but they're guys like for me, Jameer Nelson, Jason Terry, Derrick Rose, Mario Chalmers, Aaron Bur- like these veteran guys will probably all have shots at NBA jobs Um, there. The one guy, if I'm not going to go with Delaney, the one guy I could maybe see jumping up is Quinn Cook, but um, each passing year I believe a little bit less, but he has been starting for the Warriors while Steph Curry's been out. I think that's more of a just the Warriors don't Care at all about what happens the rest of this regular season, that much is obvious. So I think they're just getting him him out there. But you know, again, he's another guy. He's going to be twenty five in about a week, and that's starting to. If if you're not going to make it now, you're you're probably not going to make it. Um, and and each.
1: Each time with the Pelicans, the Mavericks, I'm like, oh, man, he's got the perfect shot here. You know, he's going to work his way into the rotation, and it doesn't happen. I'm like, well, I mean, there's not much chance left. How
2: funny is it, though, that he couldn't he couldn't lock down a job with the Pelicans and Mavericks, and now he starts for the Warriors. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, kind of right. odd. Um, and then of the two-way guys, I don't see anybody in that grouping. There's no one there that mm-hmm. I see, you know, even jumping into being a rotation player on any sort of consistent basis. I think they're all – you know they are what they are at this point as well with that group so any kind of closing thoughts because i have one more thing i want to go back to on dante axum if you guys don't have any other thoughts on the fringe
3: i just hope teams have their point guards set up because the free agent like we said this a lot but there really isn't chris paul is probably going to stay with the rockets or depending on their playoff run i guess um and then the, I mean you're gonna talk about XM, so it's these restricted guys that are really gonna push the market here for the point guards.
2: Yeah, it's it's the restricted guys and it's Isaiah Thomas are the ones I think that that are really the players to watch. And then this is not a strong point guard draft class. It's a really strong draft class, but it's really Colin Sexton and then Trey Young. That's that's it for the you know top-tier point guards. So it's like, like a team like Orlando that needs a point guard it's it's really rough because i I would rather if I'm the magic if you can figure out a way to cap space which they're probably not gonna have I might throw an offer at a you know a Dante Exum who fits kind of their their profile they, they like those big um you know kind of long um, athletic guys I, he I would throw an offer at him and maybe force Utah to match it or something like that so what I wanted to say with Exum, and I forgot this when we were talking about it is I could see him getting a very, 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 very dialed-down version of the Joel Embiid deal, too, where it has um, escalators based on, you know, staying healthy and hitting uh, certain play uh, games played and minutes played marks. I think that would make sense for a team like them. Like, if Utah wanted to do a four- or five-year deal for him, you that's how I would do it. I would structure it that way uh, versus going, um, you know, full full into stuff just because again he's he is only 22 that you know that there's 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 something still there with this kid and we don't know what it is so it's uh that that was just my final thought so um con you you hit it uh, point guards yeah you better have your point guard position figured out because teams without point guards don't generally win and it's uh it's you know it, it's going to be tough so it's uh and it's and even a team like, like Philly, they they Ben Simmons is clearly their point guard on offense. They've got McConnell backing them up. They've got Markel Fultz, who's, you know, hopefully gonna be back in the mix that can play the point guard position. You know, they, they should have some cap space this summer, but they, they don't need one. So it's just it's gonna be tough. If you're a team that needs a point guard, this is my fear is that a team like Orlando, I don't think they'll do it, but that they're gonna overextend for a guy like like he, he doesn't fit their mold of what they want Blake and Isaiah Thomas and pay him um you know for a couple of years when just all right if you can't get one now just see it through and you know see it out with uh DJ Augustin and Shelvin Mack but it's 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 really tough go ahead Pete for me
1: I I feel like some teams are going to have a little bit of a shakeup because like New York with Nilakina now probably being the off-guard guy like how much are they really going to believe in Emmanuel Mudiay? Yeah. Like, I, yes, I, you know, I'm still the believer in Emmanuel Mudiay, but I don't know how much the Knicks really want to say. All right, we got Trey Burke and Emmanuel Mudiay going forward as as the point guard. Like, you know, will they flip back to Nilakina being, you know, a point guard? What's going to happen with Kemba Walker in Charlotte? Yeah, you know, those Dennis kind of Schreuder. scenarios. Dennis yeah, Schreuder you might be able Atlanta. to get
2: one on the trade market this year. Like, yeah, like, that's the thing. Even the right? Because the Nets they, now they've got Russell Dinwiddie and then Jeremy Lin presumably coming back healthy. Yeah. Like that's mm-hmm. that's you know one guy too many in that uh, yeah. in that grouping. The, the the Mavericks, you know, depending on what they do with Yogi Ferrell, they've got Dennis Smith Jr., J.J. Barea, Yogi Ferrell, uh, Seth Curry. If they bring him back, you know, it's it's yeah. definitely they they're, they're a team. It's funny. It feels like teams Phoenix, either have have, you know, have a like, few too many or they don't have any. Um, right. But, you know, so so I think yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. I think trades is probably more likely where we see because right. even the Toronto Raptors, right? They've got Van Vleet. Uh, assuming they bring him back, Kyle Lowry, and then Delon Wright, um, you know, so that's a uh, what kind of kind of be curious to see where it all uh, um, runs into and all that. So. All right. Uh, well, hey, just news just broke just now. The Cleveland Cavaliers will close the show with this. They they have to sign somebody else to a ten day contract. They're they're below the roster minimum, so today they have to sign somebody. So Okaro White is getting a ten day contract with the, the Cleveland Cavaliers. So he will be be uh, uh, coming into Cleveland. And it's uh, I really thought they were going to go with a true big. I, I Christian Wood. Keep, keep an eye on him. The guy's been dominating in the G League. Um, then still kind of a young guy. So that's where I would have gone. Cause never thought I would hear those. Words. Oh, man. You look up his G League numbers. He had back. I know. I know. He but... backed back like 40, 20 games. Um, yeah. Recently. It's crazy. So he's, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, he he was man. Philly fans loved that dude for a long, okay. long time, and then never panned out. So, all right, so we'll close the show. Con, tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter and what else you got going on.
3: Yeah, so uh, my Twitter handle at con k a a n underscore m t d, and my podcast is the Bench Mob NBA podcast. Uh, we we're doing mock free agent meetings so we did uh deandre and boogie and kind of went talked about what kind of offers they'll get uh and it, it was a lot of fun so you can go check that out um and follow us at the benchmark nba too
2: all right pete tell everybody where to find you on twitter
1: uh you can find me at pete toll nba so it's p-e-t-e-t-o-a-l nba um always you know looking to talk basketball and things like that right now i'm kind of sobbing over my sadly remaining uh, NCAA bracket. So, <laughs> we're, you know, that's what I'm going to be glued in uh, at the end of the week. This was for, the
2: least but. prepared I've ever been to fill those things out, so it probably means I'll probably do the best I've ever done. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my daughter had UMBC winning two games, so she's uh, – Oh, wow. Well, nice. we have two Golden Retrievers, and once she found out they were the Retrievers, that was it. Ah, it was there so, you go. Um, nice. Yeah, so may, maybe she's going to win the whole thing. So and then then maybe I can retire and not have to do any of this. There you go. Hey. Um, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Keith Smith NBA. You can find my written work at Real GM. I'm going to be doing off season previews coming up. Um, they'll they'll be somewhere, not entirely sure where yet, um, but look for those. I'll obviously be retweeting and tweeting those out as they come. And then you can find uh, any but sp- Celtics specific coverage over at Celtics blog. I do want to ask for one favor for anyone who is listening to this: if you can please go to iTunes and give us a rating and review hopefully five stars Um, it really really does help us it gets eyes on the show um just if you're if you're out there we've got a lot of cool stuff coming we're going to be doing uh, full off season previews we're going to try to get to all 30 teams we've got team experts coming on so you're not just going to have to listen to us we're going to get the people who really know these teams in depth and cover them we're going to get them on the show and ask them to uh, cover and talk and and go through uh, what their offseason and we will do it in depth as you're used to here um, where we'll talk all the free agents and what the teams need and uh, things like that those team experts always have a really good good uh take that we maybe don't see as guys who have to watch the um have to watch the league as a whole so uh so it is um you know always great to have those guys coming on we will continue with the free agent two guards that'll be our next um podcast that we'll do as we we get into that i think that that group's a little deeper and a little more interesting so it should be should be kind of fun to talk on those ones so um again please head over to itunes five star rating in review really would help us out quite a bit and you know just as importantly tell a friend if you enjoy the show if you don't enjoy the show send us an email let us know uh what you don't like you can you'll know, find our all right my email is in my twitter if you want to email it to me um or you can just hit us up on twitter and tell us you know i don't like your show because you you guys suck um you know hopefully it's more helpful than that um than, than just we're terrible but uh that's where it's at so uh to close it out this has been keith smith this has been the nba front office show part of the almighty ball podcast network we will talk to you next time are your feet wet my feet are wet here's the drain plug you put the plug in the drain right ah it's on the dock
0: there's a reason they say curse like a sailor Ah, many reasons progressive's boat insurance has you covered quote today at progressive.com progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates and now, an ad from Dad. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Yeah. Tell you another way to save money. Don't buy those uh, expensive coffees every morning, you know? And then you can save up for a I don't know, a really nice dress shirt. I'm just saying. It's great that you feel comfortable here at work, but, you know, an adult could walk in. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers discounts not available in all states or situations.